This is the With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. You're laughing at me. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I don't I'm have... I'm waiting to say my line. And I'm... This is the With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Yeah, buddy! (laughs) Okay, let me introduce you so you can talk. Today, this Friday, so this week it is National Bring Your Dog to Work Day, and Our beloved dog, Zaddy, has been bringing our dog, Albus, into work lately. So we have dog Zaddy. Michael is back on the pod. Welcome. Hey, good to be back. Episode number four here with bailing out the wife from (laughs) yet another week without a legitimate guest. So here to fill in. (laughs) Um, All right. Before we get into it, uh, Michael, you want to tell everyone what you're drinking? Just so you guys know, I have to... I have to ply him. She usually him. has to butter me up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ply him with multiple alcohol, like multiple drinks before to get I can even get him in front of the mic. So today, Carly bribed me with a lovely Mexican dinner. Yeah. And instead of having margaritas, like one might expect, <laughs> I am drinking a Manhattan because we're out of margarita mix and Manhattans have been my go-to yeah. for the last several months. So I've gotten quite good. And making them, if I do say so myself. Yes. So, Dog Zaddy's in a good mood. Both both dogs sat in the sun all day. Mm. They are sleeping now. Dog Zaddy is happy. He's got a full belly. He's got some alcohol. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah. You don't burp into the mic. (laughs) (laughs) That pause was me holding it back. (laughs) (laughs) You're like getting a red over there holding it in. Okay. Um, Let's get into the topic, though. As I said, this week is Bring Your Dog Into Work Day, this coming Friday, and I did do an exclusive episode with Charlotte and Ashley on this topic that's coming out on Friday as well for all the exclusive subscribers, but also I questioned everyone on Instagram, so I put it on the stories and said, what are your guys's, you know, frustrations, the things you enjoy, top tips for bringing your dog into work? And so we've got all the, everyone's answers here. And then also, Mike and I each have experience bringing dogs into work too. So my experience is I brought Lupin into work with me in London at the Tails.com dog food company. And so he came in a few times a week, commuted with me on the tube. And um, I also brought him in occasionally to the vet office that I worked when I first got him, came in and like sat in the conference room alone basically <laughs> for a while. So so that's my experience with it. And then now, of course, you know, we've been home the last two years and haven't really brought Lupin in recently, but Michael has been going back to work. So recently I've been bringing Albion to work starting this year and I'll drive him in. He gets to hang out with me all day and come home. And before we moved to London, I would occasionally bring in Lupin to work as well. So that's a little bit of our experience, and I think what we're going to do next is go through some of the the niceties, some of the benefits of bringing in your dog to work, 
some of the struggles or, you know, the hardships with it too. And then finally end off with some pro tips. Pro tips. Pro tips. Advice. Advice on how to make it a good experience and to minimize some of the risk and down how to pitfalls. how to prepare as well yeah. yeah yeah um is it in the uk that they say top tips is it pro oh, tips gosh. I, I think it's i think it's yeah i think it's uk people say top tip and then us says pro tip i think that could be i don't know yeah because i like i wrote it down on the outline top tips and and then you said pro tips and i was like oh where did i get that um anyway yeah so we're going to start off with the benefits. Yeah. Right? So starting off with the benefits and just jumping into some of the suggestions written in from your loyal listeners. <laughs> we have uh, just a couple off the bat is forced lunchtime walks, some cuddles when stressed, and just being generally happier at work. So a couple of similar themes there around yeah. just improving your work-life balance a little bit. I, and I think those are the those are the things that people expect when you bring your dog into work. They're like, oh, it'll be so fun. We get to go walks at lunch. And then like, it'll be so nice during a stressful day just to be able to cuddle them. And I love my dog and I get to keep them with me all the time. And I feel <laughs> like that's no, like, it's good that people wrote in those answers because it's like that stuff is true. Oh, like, it, it is. shows. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have that kind of dog that's just like just a snuggle buddy, you might sit on your lap all day while you're at your computer or whatever you do. That's just a great experience, right? Yeah. It's interesting that people said that they are happier at work when they have a dog because I don't know. Personally, I don't know if that was necessarily my experience bringing the dogs in. We'll we'll talk about like frustrations and stuff, so we don't need to get into it now. But it is cool that people said that they like actually felt happier and enjoyed being at work more because their dog was there and with them mm -hmm. yeah i think for a lot of people especially after the last two years of working from home maybe maybe you've got that covid puppy or you've just bonded over covid you know it's hard to leave the dog at home and having your you know buddy come to you with work it's just another easy way to maybe transition back to the office i don't know I wonder if it's also, you know, work can be such a obviously stressful place because of like the work you're doing and maybe deadlines or whatever, but also people, people dynamics, like the dynamics yeah, between coworkers true. and stuff. So sometimes I wonder like if at work you don't feel like you have like that nice like friend at work, like an ally necessarily, oh. or if your job is is like maybe you're in the office, but maybe you're slightly isolated with what your actual role is, then I feel like dogs could like having your dog there, you could feel like you have like your friend by your side, kind of like you have that, like that emotional support almost. Yeah. And speaking on maybe behalf of those that just happen to work in an office with someone that brings in their dog, maybe you don't have a dog yourself. It's nice to actually be able to see another dog and hang out with them throughout the day. That is the other thing. Yeah, I feel like the benefit of having a work friend or a dog friendly office is a lot of people who don't have dogs. At least that was my experience at Tails. Like there were actually a decent amount of employees that didn't have dogs at the moment. You know, they were living downtown London. It, it just wasn't in the cards for them. But they loved working 
in a dog friendly office because they it was like they had a dog they could just come into work and and see their buddies i know for nine or, hours a day or you have like for example we have the big dogs the big hounds they're not lap dogs yeah but you go into work and you go kidnap yes. <laughs> the nice small dog that will sit on your lap all day yeah and then you have a good you know just snuggle buddy throughout the day we had two dogs at Tails. One, her name was Humbug, and she was like a small terrier mix rescue. She was so great. She was a so like my friend. It was her dog and friend slash coworker. Um, and so Humbug would just like hang out on my lap. And then there was another one named Noodle, mm-hmm. who he was a Cavapoo with like just the best temperament, and he would just like. He would just go lap to lap, basically, or like person to person and just <laughs> chill. And it was so nice to have that lap dog mm-hmm. while you were, you know, clicking around on your computer. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 So that's even a good one. Um, Other people, something else people wrote in that was a benefit of bringing their dog into work is they were able to reinforce training with real life situations. Interesting. And yeah, so I really, I really liked that one because... Especially like what you were saying, Mike, with pandemic puppies, if they got, Mm -hmm. you know, if you got your dog, maybe they haven't had a chance to sit or lay down or, you know, whatever, or relax or place or, you know, any of those commands in real life situations where it's like a busy office, people walking around. Yeah, there's distractions, there's things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it also makes you have to follow through on said training because you're like, if I bring this dog into the work. They need to know these commands to avoid any pitfalls and stuff like that. So it, it is kind of like a nice benefit. It's not just like going to a brewery or a patio for an hour or two with your friends on the weekend. It's like an all day real life training situation. Definitely. Yeah. I so I liked that what pe- that person wrote in. But why? So as I, we've said, you've been bringing Albie in just a couple times a week. What have been the benefits that you've seen or noticed bringing him in i think one of the one of the parts that brings me most joy is that once he figured out you know after like the second time bringing him into the office he just knew when i was gonna go in and got so excited to come with me Hmm. and just seeing his little antsy body wiggling around at seven in the morning ready to go is just so fun yeah, no, it's it's true. <laughs> it's like when he gets all excited, you know, to go on a walk or whatever and he gets the wiggles, but it's different. Like he's like, I'm going to work with dad. Like he knows. Yeah, because he can tell I, I get out of the shower in the morning and instead of just putting on my pajamas again to go downstairs to my desk, <laughs> I put on like jeans. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's a work day. <laughs> dad looks nice. Let's go. Yeah. And both our dogs will sleep pretty much until we get up. Like, they're not the type that that wake us up at 6 a.m. Like, let's eat now. And so I think Albie knows, like, when you get up first and get up early and, you know, as you said, like, shower and get dressed, like, all of that kind of stuff. (laughs) Okay, Lupin. (laughs) He got zapped. (laughs) (laughs) He electrocuted himself. Lupin's over here, like, laying his head against an outlet. So A little sketchy. You're fine. You're okay, Bubba. Go back to sleep. Anyway, as I was saying, I think I think Albie, yeah, like he's very, Albie's very cognizant, I think, of all of our behaviors and of routines. And he picked up on it really quick. Like, this is my day to go into work. So you enjoy seeing his enjoyment of it. Why do you think he does enjoy it, though? Like, why do you think he does look forward to going into work with you? 
So for one, I think Albie loves a good car ride. He loves <laughs> to drive into work. He gets so excited. But I think what he looks forward to most is his routine. We get to the office. We go take him on a little walk around the campus. We stop by the banana stand. And of course, Albus <laughs> loves his bananas, but they also have treats at the banana stand. Then he goes, you know, we go to our building at reception. The receptionist knows him and loves him, gets him to sit and tosses him a treat again. Mm-hmm. And then we badge in, go, go up to our floor and he goes to his crate and gets his chew. <laughs> So no wonder he loves it. It's in the just first a series like of treats. twenty minutes of being at the office, he's just spoiled. Yeah. So I think he really enjoys that. I think he looks forward to it a lot. Sometimes I think, like the last time I went to the office, you know, we he didn't have a chew. He had eaten it, and I'd forgotten to buy him a new one. So we get up there. There's no chew. I go to fill up my water bottle in the kitchen, and he's in the kennel, and. uh all I hear is woo woo woo. You know, he's not he's not happy. He's <laughs> <laughs> expectations were not met. So I think he really enjoys just the routine he has with me. Yeah. And we should we'll definitely touch on having a routine with your office dog in in the next sections. But that's another thing that I listed as a, a benefit of bringing your dog into work is that it's variety in their life and enrichment mm-hmm. in their life. Almost, it it depends on how often you bring your dog in. I think if you bring them in every single day, obviously it's not necessarily going to be the same level of enrichment and variety as if you do it like once or twice a week. But it's almost to the point with Albie, he's a pretty high energy dog, but just going into the office is his like exercise for the day almost. Like I know you take him on a walk. It takes it out of him. Yeah. We do a very small walk when we get there and at lunch. Yeah. But- his exercise is him going crazy in the car, him just <laughs> enjoying his day. And yeah, it kind of takes it out of him. It's yeah. nice. Like I think just that like d- the distractions, the awareness, like looking, you know, other people are people are petting him, like all of those kind of things just tire him out in a way that's different than going on a neighborhood walk. Yeah, very much. Yeah. So I, I think so that's a good benefit of bringing your dog into work. Like that's a, a pro. Um, I'm looking at my list here. Coworkers are excited to see him. Oh, absolutely. Are they? I think the interesting thing with coworkers too is um, some of them just have very little experience with dogs, like didn't even grow up in a household or a culture where having a dog is normal. And maybe mm-hmm. at first they're a little nervous, but Albie is such a good you know, dog to warm up to. He's, he's yeah. so friendly and, and kind and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, it's great. I think that's the other thing that we should have mentioned earlier with are bringing dogs into work experience is the types of office we both bring the dogs into are very, very different. So like drastically different, right? Yeah. So bringing Lupin into work for me, it was a, yes, a dog friendly office, but it was also a dog company. Like we worked in the pet Mm -hmm. industry. So a lot of people there were dog people, whereas you are going into a very large kind of almost more like corporate setting. And as you said, many people, like even in their culture, maybe they did did not grow up with pets. And it's a little bit more international. It's it's different, I think, even with the boundaries that the dogs are made to have within the office, like the rules and stuff too. So anyway, we can get into that. But um, you just said like the coworkers and stuff. So I thought we should probably mention oh, definitely, like yeah. the different experiences. So I think that's something to like think about for everyone is – what type of office you're bringing your dog into. And I think just to transition to a, new, a different benefit that 
you know, for the single parents out there, single dog parents, you know, not leaving your dog home alone or not having to pay with a for a dog walker is a huge benefit. Or even for us, <laughs> yeah, me not having to saddle you at home with both the dogs for the day, I can take one and, you know, makes it easier for you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's been a huge benefit for me. So on those days that Albus is in we're at work with you, I can spend the day with Lupin and have some really nice like one-on-one independent time with him and do the type of exercise and stuff that I haven't been able to do or I, I wouldn't be able to do if I had Albie as well. So like we've been exploring some different parks with Loopy. He has great recall. So, you know, I'm I'm able to just kind of enjoy the walk a little bit more rather than, as you said, being like saddled exercising both dogs. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that is definitely a benefit for anyone who has two dogs and they're like, oh, I can't bring both in or it'd be so sad. You know, it it is nice to have that independent time just with one of them. Um, I like how your pro was make me happy, make wife happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and speaking also along those lines, the obvious, bringing your dog into work potentially saves you money for not having to pay for a dog walker or someone to stop in or doggy daycare, anything like that. So it can be very much a money saver. However, I think I think that's kind of the end of our list of the pros, the enjoyments. I think it can also be a stress inducer, which we will get to in our frustrations (laughs) next. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think moving on to frustrations, you know, there's it's funny because just looking at our list it's about twice as long frustrations right like i think there's some really easy ways that things can that if you don't plan ahead things can just become a little bit more of a burden Mm -hmm. so just jumping right into it i think there's two um, similar themed ones that your uh, listeners wrote in which revolve around the other people in the office Mm -hmm. so the first one was people lingering around your desk Maybe hyping up your dog or, you know, causing your dog to maybe get anxious or stressed, depending on your dog's kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Temperament? Behavior? Depending on your dog's temperament. And the other one is people not respecting the rules or the kind of the boundaries you set for your dog, which I think are both very legitimate qualms to have with bringing your dog into work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, slash the fact that you even have to set boundaries bringing your dog into work like if you're a if you're a non-confrontational person or if you you know if you're you're that person who doesn't want to put anyone out and has a hard time maybe speaking up or something like that i mean that goes out the window when you have to bring your dog in because you have to set really firm boundaries and obviously not in like a mean way i'm not saying like you have to make it like a confrontation but yeah it, it goes back to in relation to other people Because all of a sudden there's other people, you know, like someone wrote in that people like coming into your office or lingering around your desk ultimately can cause your dog to, you know, maybe like get a bit hyper because they're getting pets and they're like, oh, a new person that came up to see me. Or potentially your dog could get territorial of the area, which is a normal dog behavior. And they think like, who is this person approaching mom or dad? And Like this is, you know, they could think of it as like, this is my crate kind of like, why are you standing over me? You know, like there's all of the different things. So, yeah, I think that what someone wrote in on that aspect was really, really beneficial 
and that might be a new concept as well you know especially in my office where folks really aren't familiar with what even a boundary might be for a dog let alone you know things to think about in an office setting so yeah it is interesting and you kind of almost play like an educator role in certain ways yeah no that's such a good point about being like an educator to your coworkers because even if they are familiar with dogs they may be familiar with the like golden retriever lap like whatever i mean obviously i'm stereotyping breeds but just the happy to be there like no problems at all always wants attention type of dogs maybe not the overactive herding breeds who can get hyped up really easily or maybe not the lupins the rescue dogs of the world i can definitely say people would come up to my desk wanting to pet lupin and he would kind of one he's very aloof kind of stoic like he he doesn't give affection a ton anyway and also he's a rescue that is a little bit nervous when people just like come towards him like lean over him and just like try to pet him right off the bat and he's gotten so much better through the years but you know they would look at me and be like i guess he doesn't like me very much and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah well you obviously didn't display any good like dog behavior to him either mm-hmm. But you can't say that, you know, you have to be like, oh, well, you know, he's a little shy. And if you pet him like this, it's OK. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because, you know, the more you're with your dog, you pick up on like you pick up on those like mannerisms or what is it? What's the word like the tells almost? Yeah. Yeah. Behavioral sign yeah. or something. Body language. Body language. Thank yeah. you. So. When you get when you raise your dog, you kind of learn their body language, learn when they're anxious or stressed or happy, whatnot. But a lot of people just don't know the dog body language. And I remember when I brought in Lupin very early on in my career, and a lot of my coworkers asked me, "Well, how do how do you know when he's going to bite?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, he doesn't." (laughs) But (laughs) but like, I think it was a legitimate thing. Like they just. They've never been around dogs. They just don't understand the body language of when the dog might be scared or threatened. When is it okay to pet? When is it okay not to? Yeah. It's just interesting. Like, you know. How do you know when they're going to bite? <laughs> yeah. No, it's so interesting because it's like we know that there is such a buildup to that behavior usually. Mm-hmm. But to them, they're just like dogs equal happy or dogs equal biting. Like mm-hmm. there's no – they don't know all of the nuances in between. Um Yeah. So I think basically, you know, along the frustration lines, if we were to bubble up what we just said, it's just in relation to coworkers. It's having to be an educator, um, knowing that they're going to come into your space and potentially rile up your dog or even potentially scare them or something. Not purposefully, of course, but um, it's just something for everyone to think about. Like if you know you have a dog that can get over hyper easily or maybe resource guarding of their area like whatever i'm not gonna say maybe they're not an office dog but it's just something you have to think about ahead of time yeah. um i would also say with the coworkers specifically is your your dog almost turns into a bit of a therapy dog in the office sometimes i think like people use them even as i said earlier like it's a benefit It was so nice to have a lap dog, like to just hang out on my lap for a while. Like people will use your dog, even you will use your dog almost as a emotional support at work. And if your dog is not trained, 
to be a therapy dog, to to go see everyone and have that calm demeanor, go person to person, not jump up, whatever. You know, that's that's it is there is a little bit of a I don't want to say a risk with that, but it's just something I was I was kind of meditating on. Like I have a whole episode with Kristen about her dog Winston, who is a therapy dog and how the, all the training and certifications that she did. And yet people are just willy-nilly bringing their dog into work and they're essentially be, being used as the office therapy dog. So that's just something else to like ping in your mind if you're thinking about bringing your dog into work. You know, not necessarily a con, but something you have to keep in mind with bringing your dog into work is, you know, how how dog friendly of an office are you? Do you belong to, and what are the boundaries? What are the rules and guidelines they set up for you? Because oh, I feel like, like our experiences are quite different in terms of what the office allows and what they don't. Yes. Um. You know, in my company, the dog can be at your desk, and that's really all they allow. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're not allowed in conference rooms, the kitchen area. You'd think it would be nice to let them off around your team area, maybe like if your team has kind of like an area, but you know. You're technically not allowed to put like a fence up at the front of your team area because that's a fire hazard. Mm. So you're allowed to maybe put a little gate around your desk or have a kennel at your desk. But it's a fairly small area technically that you're allowed to have them. And that's maybe restrictive for some dogs. And some people like for your work. Like there have been days when you were supposed to bring Albie in and then you looked at your schedule and you're like, I have meetings all day. Yeah, I I mean, it'll just him. be a, such a miserable day for him. Like, if I'm in a conference room for the first four hours of the morning, he'll just be stuck in a kennel at his desk. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's bad for him too, right? And when I'm in those meetings, I'm just thinking of how he's back at the desk, probably miserable. Well, he's, I mean, he's in his kennel. He's happy. He's, he's probably fine. Yeah. But, but it's almost like he could have been at home in his kennel, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> or you're, it's also like in an uncontrolled environment. Like he's in his kennel. Yes, he's safe. He's probably happy. But like, is someone, does someone have an eye on him? Like he could be out there howling and you wouldn't know because you're in a meeting room across the building or whatever. So yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, the rules that the company sets up is very, that's a very good point. I know in my experience at Tails, because it was, when I joined, it wasn't necessarily like a startup. It was still, it was it was just migrating away from that to being a, a slight, like more of a company. And it was very interesting because I knew the people who worked in kind of like the HR slash office culture teams and the changes that they had to make over the years that I was working there. That was really interesting. To- yeah, because like the dogs that had been there at the beginning, you know, they were used to having the run of the office. They could like no leashes they were they were just you know walking around and hanging out they're going to all the meetings all of yes, the, yeah. everything yeah. <laughs> they're going everywhere they're sitting in like i think the rule was like no dogs in the kitchen or something yeah. <laughs> it was like the yeah. only rule really <laughs> and um and then you know the company starts getting bigger more and more people want to bring their dogs in you have more and more behaviors mm-hmm. of those dogs more a lot and more of puppies yeah. of... oh god the puppies uh i remember that being really rough, really frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to bring in, you know, your dog that's trained and mm-hmm. kind of has some base experience. And there's another to be training your puppy in the office yes. while you're there with them. Yeah. And that's like, I think that's another thing to just keep in mind. Something that could really cause problems is 
is does your office is your office going to be able to advocate for you and your dog to have a good office experience for both of you for everyone to have a good dog office experience are there rules in place do they have some kind of guidelines because you know what one dog parent thinks is okay another dog parent may be like no for sure you know and and so i think it is really important to make sure that your office has like some kind of rules in place or just just general guidelines to protect your dog and you and make sure that you have the flexibility you need in your workday in order to take care of your dog like will your office let you go out in the middle of the day for those potty breaks and things like that you know if they don't then it could be an issue bringing your dog into work anyway um just the last thing there is just also besides just the rules like what kind of space do you have in the office like i i'm very lucky like to have a fairly large kennel that can fit albus right by my desk and that's incredibly convenient for me because you know i can leave him there i know he's safe but yeah i can imagine there's not always an office space where that's going to work especially with bigger dogs yes okay you just you just brought up that memory i remember we started growing so rapidly and more and more people were bringing their dogs into work that the amount of times that we changed desks I swear to God, <laughs> was so infuriating. Because and and you're happy to do it because a lot of times it's like my dog is, you know, gets startled easy or maybe is a little territorial around their desk area. I'd like to be in a corner or something. And and you're like, okay, like I'll switch desks with you. And 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 of course it goes through managers and HR and like whatever to, you know, we're not just like rotating around willy nilly, but. Between growing so rapidly at at the job and having to change desks because of that, plus the changing desks to help the dogs, it was so frustrating. <laughs> and it was like because also then Lupin had to get get used to yet another place, and he's a bigger dog. So if I was all of a sudden in a row of people with another row right behind me, you know, back to back, he all of a sudden didn't have that nice space. So like I had to even you know, kind of be like, if I can be on the end, it would be nice because then he would have more space to right to he has lay to... down. <laughs> when he ground. sprawls out, it's a little bit of a traffic jam. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. I would also, this is going back to what we were saying in the benefit of saving money mm-hmm. with bringing your dog into work. And obviously, bringing your dog into work, you save on guilt too. You don't have that guilt of like they're <laughs> yes. home in their kennel all day, which is perfectly fine. There's honestly nothing wrong with that, everyone. Like as long as they're getting enrichment and exercise outside of those hours, like that is okay. I don't want anyone to feel guilty that they do go into an office all day mm-hmm. and can't bring their dog. But as I said, bringing the dog in, it may assuage, assuage your guilt, assuage okay anyway it may get rid of your guilt but what you save in money and guilt you ultimately i think expend in stress of bringing your dog in personally like i think it is an almost even exchange of okay yeah i'm not spending a hundred bucks a week on a dog walker but i am spending my own lunch breaks and any other breaks i'm not hanging out with my coworker friends i'm not going getting lunch down the street i am on a dog walk yeah that's very true i i've had the same things right when i bring albus into the office i'm lucky that there's some food trucks outside 
because mm-hmm. he's not around, allowed in the restaurants for, for me to get something to go. So I either have to pack my food or go to a food truck. Yeah, there's definitely some. Yeah. And that's just like the basic things. It's like you're taking that's up your very time. very basic things. Yeah. And like I know with Lupin, um, one of the frustrations I had was the commute going into work. Oh, God, the commute. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which it was fine. Like at the end of the day, it, it was fine. He was so good on the tube. Like I can... He was so amazing. He would just lay down. Everyone else, when I would bring him on, was also amazing. But it was having a large dog. If I was running late, I'm dragging him behind me like, no, you can't poop. I need to catch the train. <laughs> and, and like, no, yeah. you can't sniff that or thing. Or heaven forbid they close the route for the day and you have to go oh, around a different one. And mm-hmm. yeah. That was definitely a frustration. That was, that's probably a little, little niche. In, oh, for sure. Like, know. that's definitely very public transport related and everything. Yeah. But. but still. I also brought like a little mat for him to lay down on, on the train. And it's like, okay, so all of a sudden I'm lugging like a bigger tote bag to work and I have his treats with me and I have his leash and I have his little mat. And so it just like, it it added a little bit of extra, you know, it wasn't just me like walking into work with my purse, like, hey, I'm so happy. Like, it's like, <laughs> I was like sweating actively, I think more, <laughs> more often than not dragging him up the stairs and okay, he has to stop and stiff this and he... And just and as I said, even the lunch breaks, like I was in the office where we all would go on kind of walks together at lunch, which is nice. But that means you miss out on your own lunch break, which is sometimes a little bit hard because sometimes if you had a stressful day, you just want to like go to a coffee shop or something or like zone out in the break room on TikTok or something like that. And and even though it's a benefit, as, as some people wrote in, like. Yeah, I get to go on a walk, at, you know, at lunchtime. Like, it is a benefit. It does get you out and about. What if it's pouring rain that day? And like, your dog needs it. Yeah, and your dog is like, I am going stir crazy. I need to exercise. There you are with wet hair for the rest of the day. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I, I think that's just like, that's like the tip of the iceberg of frustrations. Mm-hmm. On that note, I feel like we should move on. Like, we've touched on some frustrations that we've each had. With dogs in the office and other things other people have wrote in about. We should move on now to the top tips, though, like the advice for people. Yeah. Some ways to make this a good experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. Um, so I feel like one of the things that's just best off the start is just being prepared, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you have the things you're going to need. If your dog needs toys or things to keep them occupied at the office, have them. Um if you have to take your dog out and it might be raining, have a towel. Be able to wipe them down afterward. Um, if you didn't – and you you learned this from experience because I oh, remember yeah, – you learned it the hard way, of course. <laughs> I remember the first day you brought Albie in and you came home after work that day and you're like, oh, my God, it was awful. Like, uh, you know, I didn't have a water bowl. Yeah, I, I was forgot. feeding him out of like a paper cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> and – yeah, it, like you brought the kennel in. Like it's not like you were completely unprepared. I remember you brought the kennel mm-hmm. in ahead of time and um, had his little place set up. But it's all the other accoutrements you don't think of. Oh, totally. Yeah, like you almost. And this is where it's you know maybe a bit of a privilege, but we can we have an extra crate mm-hmm. that we can have at the office. I don't have to lug it back and forth. Yeah. So yeah, having another water water bowl, towel, maybe even some cleaning supplies if he accidentally has an accident or whatever. Yeah, I think even the towel, as you said, that's a really good point. If it's raining, you don't want your dog all of a sudden like shaking the water oh, off know, right. in the middle of the <laughs> office. Um, I know personally, like I was like, yeah, I'll bring in a little water bowl for Loopy 
and it was great he used it but then i didn't have anything underneath it and, and i was like a big old wet mess underneath yeah and i was so i was feeling bad i was like there's probably mold gonna grow under this carpet in the office now so i brought in like a mat for underneath the bowl mm-hmm. it just it it does add up you end up needing more things than you think especially in richmond while they're in the office like some kind of very much as you said like albie gets his chew you didn't have that on the first day i don't think no and then he gets really antsy yeah so, so then you just brought him into work and shoved him like in the kennel basically and and so i think that's something that people need to think about is like what is your gonna dog gonna do while you're working all day mm-hmm. are they the type of dog that will just immediately fall asleep in any environment great maybe they need a little bit of enrichment we give Albie the yak chews. That seems to be good for him. Even if he just chews it for like 20 minutes and then sleeps after that. It's yeah. just kind of like a mental thing almost for him. Absolutely. And and going into that, it's having a routine in the office, I think, would be the next advice that I would have. You have all your materials. Now you need to try to keep some semblance of a routine for your dog. Definitely a routine, right? Keeping them kind of when you go into the office, this is what we do. This is where you go. And like even before the routine, maybe it's just getting them used to what to maybe expect in the office. Like mm. I know that for Albus, this was the first time I think being on an elevator in his life. And it could definitely tell he was nervous to start with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's too much we could have done to kind of get him used to it beforehand. But, you know. Well, yeah, like, I mean, we could have probably, yeah, gone to somewhere else with an elevator and practice with them and then the whole treats and stuff like that. And um, and I think that's. So if you knew if you know that there are certain things in the office or things that your dog is going to encounter that they're not used to start training ahead of time for that, I think. So the elevator, you can take the stairs. So it's not it's not a make or break if if he doesn't like the elevator or if he didn't like the elevator. But that that's something we learned from. It's like you were doing training on the go while you, you know, while he was going into work with you. So that's the advice for everyone. If you can do it ahead of time in whatever way, whether it's an mm-hmm. elevator, escalator, um, whether it's some, you know, guy in the office who has a big booming laugh and you know, always wears a hat or are there always balloons in the office because it's everyone's birthday all all of the time. (laughs) Albie freaks out about balloons. He gets so excited. (laughs) He wants to eat them. He will jump up as high as the ceiling to try to get them. So it's just like little things like that. Know your environment and think like what could trigger my dog, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. Yeah. And then move on to a routine. Yes. Get them to understand where they should be for most of the day, right? If it's by your desk, make sure they know that's their space, right? Get them a maybe a familiar blanket or dog bed, something that they know this is where I should be. If you're going to let them out in like a team area or a little um, cubicle or office or something, you know, just get them used to that space. Yeah. Get them used to like what their boundaries are too. Like, yeah, they're allowed in this space. They're not allowed outside of it Mm -hmm. no kitchenette no conference room yes Mm -hmm. yeah and the routine though i think is really important just to make them feel comfortable so they aren't constantly in flux day in and day out absolutely another i think advice about bringing your dog in like starting to bring your dog in is know that your work is going to suffer 
at first. And Ashley, Charlotte, and I actually go a little bit more in depth on this. And Ashley shares her experience on the exclusive episode uh, that's coming out in a couple days. And I would encourage everyone to listen to that because I think it's valuable. But also, it's just know that your work is going to suffer at the beginning when you start to bring your dog in while you're building all these routines, while you're making sure you have all the materials, while you're doing on-the-spot training for your dog, you know, creating those boundaries with the coworkers, all of those kind of things. It takes time and it takes time out of your workday. And so I think not only is the advice knowing your work is going to suffer, but prep for that with your managers or HR, like whatever it is. What you were saying, Michael, earlier about the office having specific rules for bringing dogs in. Mm-hmm. That could even be work used against you because because sometimes the, that rule is make sure your work, you know, you can bring your dog in as long as your work doesn't suffer. And <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, well, I've been bringing them in just for a couple of weeks and they're getting they're getting much better, but not quite there. It'll be good soon. You don't want that to come around and bite you in the butt, you know, with yeah, someone saying like you didn't do any work today. And that's where, you know, getting Albie used to the office. One of the things that we did was do almost like half days. And this was, you know, convenient because you were able to come pick him up at lunch. But I'd bring him in the morning. He'd kind of get tired out from the commute and the walk and mm-hmm. and then kind of chill in the office, sleep it off a little bit, and then go home with you at noon. And, yeah. and that was like a good way to build him up into a full day at the office, yeah. get him used to it. And and you always you also went in early too. Like you yes, got him. I tried settled. to get them there before the other coworkers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another kind of top tip along those lines of work could suffer. Like you, you've even said some of your coworkers didn't even know he was in there because he was like quietly sleeping in his kettle. Yep. And then he would come out at lunchtime. Oh my gosh, he's he's in the office today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think, I think that's something for everyone to be aware of, of like your work is going to suffer. So before you bring in, bring your dog into work, just drop a little line to the manager. Well, and then speaking of emails, kind of on a different line. If you're in an office like mine where people just aren't as familiar with dogs or don't know, you know, what I did was just write an email to the team saying, hey, you know, I'm going to plan on bringing my dog to the office. This is his name. This is the type of dog he is. He's about this big. You know, here are kind of things that you should know and um, mm-hmm. kind of what, what the deal is. I'm going to have him by my desk. You know, if, if everyone's comfortable, I'll let him roam around the area a little bit. He's very friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of just break the ice a little bit. Yeah. And like a little welcome to the company. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Breed, age. But, but you can also use it to kind of like set some boundaries, like just sneak some things in yeah. there. Like, you know, I'll have some treats on my desk. You're welcome to feed him those. Don't bring your, don't give him your own yeah, treats. Yeah, don't come over with you know, your leftover French fries for yeah, lunch. No like, human I thought food. <laughs> Fluffy would like these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can, you can kind of use that to slip in a couple boundaries just to set with your coworkers as well. And yeah, that's going to be helpful. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think the intro email, that's a really good advice, is like nice little icebreaker. Like, here's the dog for anyone nervous, but then also setting some boundaries for anyone who's maybe a little overly eager. Absolutely. Too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Other top tip is have some kind of enrichment planned. So this is exactly what I was talking about earlier with the chew for Albie. But the main top tip that I want to touch on with this is always, always pick up those things at the end of the day or when they're not actively using them. Grab that, put it on top of your desk, put it away somewhere, and also make sure that if there are other dogs in the office, all of the other dog parents are doing the same. 
you do not want any resource guarding situations in your workplace. Yeah. So that's or like Lupin's case, just allergies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He definitely had some tummy issues a couple times because some other dog like w- got their lunch and only ate a couple kibbles and Lupin like, walked on over and ate the rest when they were away from their desk. <laughs> and I was none the wiser until afterwards. And then also on that note is I would say have a safe vicinity that your dog can be in. Even if your office is the type that just lets the dogs explore as they want, you know, can just be wherever, whenever. That may sound nice in theory, especially if you have a very friendly dog who just wants to go person to person and get pets. But I think one, having a safe spot for them. So if you have the ability to do a kennel or a crate or something, if you don't under your desk on a bed, like this is their their place and their safe spot. They know that no one is going to reach under and grab them there. They know that other dogs can't come into that space like that is their little safe area. So have a little safe spot for them so they can decompress, not be anxious. And then second to that, I would recommend actually having them on leash for most of the day, which could be controversial. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily needed for every single dog, but if not on leash, having some kind of barrier so they can't roam the entire office. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't I think it's yeah, it depends on the dog. And maybe the other thing, you know, just building up trust with like another coworker that can like if I you have, you have to step out for something short. Mm. Just have someone that might be able to say watch them while you're yeah. just away for a couple of minutes, like someone that you can trust and Trusted, um, like second in command, a little kind bit, of thing. right? Yeah, yeah. If you have another coworker that's up for the task, and I think that's yeah, no, that's really good advice. Um, I think we've covered most of our top tips. Last two really quick ones, um, because I know we've been going, I've been going on tangents, but one is make sure your confidence is not wrapped up in your dog. If you were the type of person who you know, maybe someone tells you that your dog is doing something wrong and you get very angry about it or upset. I'm just obviously like everyone should speak kindly to each other about each other's dogs. But if someone says, hey, your dog has been drooling on my desk, (laughs) you know, (laughs) don't um, don't make sure that your emotions aren't tied. I should not even say confidence. I should say emotions aren't tied because then you don't want to be constantly like feeling guilty. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, he's still in training and uh, I'm sorry he's being so vocal. And you don't want that extra stress, like that extra emotion. And then on the flip side, if someone says something about your dog that you don't like, you know, if someone makes some kind of kind of offhand comment of like, oh, there's a lot of dog hair around here. You you can't take those type of things personally. You can't all of a sudden yeah, hate that. It's probably that good to try and stay neutral about it. You know, yeah, it's a workplace environment. Some things are gonna go, maybe go better your way. Some things might not. And I don't know. I think it's just like you said. Don't overreact. Don't underreact. Just take people seriously. You know. Yeah. Think that they probably have the best intentions. Yeah. And um, work and if it they out. don't, just if they if they're like the evil person in the office that doesn't have the best intentions. Just make sure that your emotions aren't significantly tied to your dog's behavior. And um, that's something that I've talked about on previous episodes, like the one with um, Caroline of Dog Mom Mentality. I think it was called like Dog Mom Guilt or something was the episode. But yeah, just it's so easy for your emotions to be tied to your dog. And then last but not least, I think top tip for if you're going to bring your dog into the office, make sure you know that 
you may not always have a dog friendly office to go to. So some some offices, some companies start off dog friendly and then they have to move to not being a dog friendly office. And or what if you change jobs? And so all I'm saying is like, even though there are so many benefits, you can't always bank on like, well, I work at a dog friendly office so I can get a dog. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I didn't really think of that because I think that, you know, I've been at the same company for nine years and I think the dog policy has probably changed like almost nothing. Yeah. Because yeah. it was so well established, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was already a big company. It was so ingrained and it was it was pretty restrictive and like, from the beginning. As you said, it's more corporate. So yeah. there aren't as many people bringing their dog but in. But I can definitely, I mean, just seeing the way that the rules evolved kind of at that smaller startup kind of company. Yeah. Definitely very different. So there's probably a range. That's a pretty, that's pretty good advice, right? Yeah. Or at I, least be, you know. Be willing to accept that there may be changes, especially if you're in a very flexible office currently. Yes, exactly. And I think because I just know that I had a lot of coworkers who did not have a dog. They would get the job at Tails or whatever. They would get the job and be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm thinking about oh getting gosh. a dog now. Now get that... a puppy. <laughs> yeah. God. That's that's why we had so many dang puppies in the office. Everyone's like, yeah, I work at a dog friendly office. I'll just bring them in with me. And it's like, OK, cool. You may not work here. In another couple of years, unfortunately. So what's your plan after that? Just don't bank on it. Don't bank on, you know, even if you're like super excited for a new job, like a new place of employment and they are dog friendly. You're like, I can't wait to bring Fluffy in to work. What if Fluffy doesn't like it? You know, (laughs) what if they're what if for whatever reason, Fluffy and the office don't vibe? You cannot bank on bringing your dog into work, basically, is like my last top tip so i think that's all of it i think that was everything did we cover it all i think it's all the checks on the list yeah yeah all right so thank you everyone for listening with us and thank you if you did submit uh responses on the stories that we were able to use for the episode um thank you dog zaddy for staying (laughs) of course happy to be on yeah i'm gonna keep thinking of topics so i can keep having you on (laughs) We need to get a picture of Albie at work with you or something so I can post oh, it during we this, do. You this know, episode. You know, they have like this little dog newsletter at work. Really? That they send out every month. And they do like um like they highlight an adopted dog every month. And <gasps> I've I've seen that newsletter and I'm like, I need to write something on Albie. Yeah. And then I forget about it. And then a month later it shows up again. Oh my so god. So maybe what we can do is get a good picture of him and then uh Submit for that and see if we can get them on there. We could be advertising the podcast through this newsletter. We probably could. You've been <laughs> blocking me. <laughs> from this. Um, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram. I am at Carly with a dog. Podcast is at with a dog podcast on Facebook and Instagram and with a dog pod on TikTok. We have new episodes every Friday. We have the exclusive episodes as well. Those are in the show notes or in the link in my bio. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.